Welcome to the Tag Republic podcast, a weekly chat with Carolina Guzik about all things marketing. Some episodes are short tips that you can implement in your business right away, while others are in-depth conversations with industry leaders. Whether you're a new photographer searching for some knowledge or an established professional with years of experience, Carolina offers fresh and innovative advice that can help you transform your photography business. increase the revenue of your business, I suggest you start selling albums. Albums not only will add value to your collections, but they will also add value to your client's experience. A win-win in my book. I design all my albums with Smart Albums, a software that has really changed my business. With Smart Albums, you can create a stunning album cover to cover in less than 15 minutes. Plus, each stunning spread design has been handcrafted by a graphic artist and it has a huge range of design options and editing tools to give you the freedom to create the perfect design while streamlining your workflow. You can find more information about Smart Albums on pixelo.com. That is P-I-X-E-L-L-U.com. Now, enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Talk Republic. I'm Carolina Gusik, your host, and today for the first, first, listen to me, first time, the third time on the podcast, we have Sam Jacobson. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. Third time's a charm. I liked our first conversation that we had on how to overcome objections and close deals, and the second one, obviously better with my wife, Katie, talking about copywriting, and today... I'm super excited about our conversation because this is something that I feel like a lot of wedding pros, specifically photographers, need to be really good at if they're going to grow their business. And you want to tell us what this topic is going to be? Yeah, we're going to talk about how to get more <laughs> referrals, not just from planners, because that is important, but it's not the only source. I also want to make sure we talk about venues and your number one referral source, which should not be a venue, not a planner, but it should be your past and current clients. Look, at, I thought you were going to leave us on a cliffhanger. Like later on, you were going to tell us what the number one was, but great. I am so happy to have you here. And again, I see this question popping up on Facebook groups all the time. How do I get more clients? Where do I go? So I'm excited that we're going to be covering this topic with you, which you are an expert. So I know you've been here before, but what about you give us a short intro about who you are and what you do, just in case that somebody's new to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who don't know me, Sam Jacobson, I'm a sales pricing and copywriting expert for wedding professionals. I've been in the wedding industry since 2006. Before that, I worked for a dozen years in restaurants. So 25 years of hospitality background. Uh, I have a, a, a real affinity for behavioral economics and the science and psychology of selling and marketing your services. And we have a company right now that has seven full-time employees. You know, it's not really consulting so much as we do coaching and copywriting and online courses. And we help literally hundreds of wedding pros every year grow their business to reach the goals that they have. And you also have a podcast. We do have a podcast. Yeah, Own Your Business Podcast. It is uh, super niche. Not only is it for wedding pros, but it's specifically about sales, pricing, websites, copywriting, that kind of stuff. Super recommended. After you listen to this episode, go and subscribe to his podcast. So let's jump right into the meat of this. How could we work? How, 
I'm sorry, it's early in the morning, my English has not kicked in. How could we grow our referral network? This is the biggest question. So let's pretend because you, by now you know that I like a little bit of role play. So let's say that I am a wedding photographer, which I am. And let's say that I am kind of new, you know, I'm two, three years in. I'm getting some clients, but I am not at the point where I am happy with what I'm getting. I'm also trying to connect with people in the industry because I see the value on that, but I don't know what to do. Do I send a DM? How do I even start that conversation with somebody? That's great. So I'm going to, I'm going to go even further upstream before you start reaching out to people, which obviously we're going to talk a lot about. You got to make sure that your assets are in line and ready mm. to go. And so okay. that means that when people refer your business, you've got to make sure that where they send them looks amazing. And so before you do any referral work, you should make sure that your website is dialed in. Mm. So your website's got to look great. Um, it's got to sound great. It's got a market message to the ideal client. Your galleries must be on point, especially as a photographer. This is super important because people are, at the end of the day, getting a deliverable of images. So you've got to make sure that you've got great content, that the images are perfect, that it represents your best work and showcases the kinds of ideal clients that you want to look at. I would also look at your Instagram profile. Make sure that your bio is dialed in and that your most recent posts are representative of the kind of work that you want to do in the future, because that's what people are going to look at. This is super important because let's say that my assets are not straight, as you mentioned, and I go and I reach out to this planner that I've been dreaming to work with. And then she goes to my website and ooh, no bueno. I burned that bridge. It is. It is. You know, I like to think about sales and, and this is kind of sales work, trying to sell your services to somebody who could refer it. It's like dating. And and you want to make sure before you go up and ask the guy or the girl out that, you know, you look presentable. Your hair is in order and, you know, you you, you look nice and you've got your act together. Because if, if you go up and you look like a scrub, it's not going to do any favors for you. And even if you went back again and tried to make it work a second time, mm -hmm. that first impression, it's so negative that you're just trying to get yourself out of the hole that you dug the first time. So don't, don't, jump to, don't jump too fast and, and get into, I'm going to reach out to everybody. You got to make sure that you're ready for it and, and look at it from their perspective. Good. And actually, this is a great topic because this month, actually like this quarter, I said that I was going to focus really a lot into creating content about websites and things like that. So if you're listening to this, remember that I have a Facebook group and we're talking a lot about websites, reviews and what to do on your website and all that good stuff. So great point that you should have everything in order, but also catch 22 because you don't know what you don't know, right? So how would I know, Carolina Gusik, three years into doing photography, that my website is what it needs to be, that my images are good enough. I feel like sometimes as photographers, we're really emotionally attached to our work. And sometimes we're like, oh, that picture is fantastic. And then you come and you're like, oh, it's not really. <laughs> and it's true because we do become attached to what it is that we love. And, and oftentimes that's okay because we tend to attract what it is that we put out. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things that we love are things that our clients also love, but it's not the most effective way to make sure that you're marketing the, the kind of uh, motivations or desires that are going to drive uh, potential couples to, to inquire. So, you know, one of the things that I would absolutely recommend doing is asking your current clients 
which ones they like the most, which images they like the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and note, you know, going through the galleries when people pick for albums or prints, which ones are being favorited and which ones are being printed or put into albums. You can also go through and look at the insights that you get on Instagram and look at the kind of engagement that you're getting, not just likes, but also comments and shares to see which ones are most popular. I think you know, and and this is not anything that you need to do with us, although we do offer website reviews, is to get a, a professional outsider who is an expert in website and marketing messaging and copywriting to look at your website and provide an honest, critical evaluation of what's working and what's not. When we go through and do ours, we spend about 30 minutes, we provide a screen record, and we look at four main areas, visual branding, layout, and wireframing, copy, and images. And it's all four of those components that are going to hold up your business when it's in front of somebody else, planners or the clients that they're going to refer you. So getting that outside perspective, super important to do. Highly recommend that. Also, so let's say that time has passed by. I have all everything good on my website. And now it's time for me to reach out or to connect or to, I don't know, go to the next level my hands are sweating, I don't even know where to go, what would be the best, you know, give me a little bit of a roadmap or what should I do? So there's really three things that we want to make sure that we're focused on when we're looking for people who could refer us business. Number one, we want to align ourselves with other businesses, planners, venues, you know, maybe other people, other photographers who are referring us business or, or high-end videographers if, if you're getting uh, people who book video first. You want to find people whose ideal clients align with your ideal client. And this, this obviously takes some knowledge on who's coming to you and, and what they desire most. But you want to find people who you overlap and align with, not just on the clients, but also the second thing, which is the the brand. You know, what does your aesthetic and style look like and who can you find that could potentially refer you business where your style and aesthetic lines with their style and aesthetic? I see too many photographers who go out and they try and approach planners specifically um, and venues sometimes where, the, yes, they, they have great clients and those clients pay a lot of money, but the styles are completely different. Mm. And having been a former venue manager and worked for as a director of operations for a large planning company, we know that aesthetic is really, really important and we want to make sure that those overlap. So what I'd uh, and the, the third thing uh, uh, that, that I'd recommend making sure aligns is that it's going to be a good personality fit. Mm. So you want to make sure that the people who you're continuing to get business from are easy for you to work with, fun to work with. You know, you guys don't have to, it's not a struggle for you to connect. And and there's trust that's already there between the two of you because you have that that history or, or that same work ethic or the same approach to a client experience. So you want to make sure that you know, ideal clients match, that aesthetic and style matches, that personality fit matches. And then what you want to do with those notes, you want to go through and you want to seek out 25 planners, 25 venues, make a list and keep it organized on a spreadsheet and write down, here are the 25 planners that I want to reach out to. Here are the 25 venues that I want to reach out to who align on ideal client and aesthetic and personality fit. And that then becomes your hot list of people that you are going to approach. Mm, You mentioned something that is really, really good. And it's also tricky, which is trust, right? You should have somebody that, you know, that you trust and that they trust you. 
Now, again, catch 22, because if you're new and you're just, let's say that you're like, oh, I've seen this planner. I like the way the, the way she or he uh, do work. I think that we have the same aesthetic, but we've never met. So how could she or he trust me? So how could we get that initial connection? So I'd, I'd start out with uh, a ramp up. It's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, some sort of touch point that's casual, like, a, a, you know, start following them mm. on Instagram, for instance, that's a, you know, people go through and look at their followers and you can put a following and then you can send them a quick message on their Instagram account and just say, Hey, really cool work. I love this and this that you do, you know, uh, excited to, to follow along. Just something like, I, again, as a business owner who has an Instagram account, I know that the people who DM me are the ones that I am most connected with, especially mm -hmm. right, you know, right away, right off the bat. So and that's a great way. Making sure that the DM is not a sales pitch. We're just, you don't, we're yeah, just, no, we're, we're not selling. Shaking hands. We're, it's right. We're not selling at all. All we're doing is saying, hi, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And and that's it. And you're making a mark rather than just a regular follow. Then you can go through and start, you know, liking and commenting, you know, enough. Don't be obnoxious or, you know so in their face that they can tell that you're trying to get mm -hmm. on the vendor list just do it because you're paying attention and that you actually like it and don't just write like wow or like you know six hearts in the comments actually write something about why you like it hey this is amazing i love how you've done the following thing or you know, this is really cool. I have not seen this before. I've seen other things like it, but you did this differently. Something like that is going to stand out amongst all of the things. You only need to do that a couple of times. After a little while, when you feel like there's enough to take it to the next level, you could reach out and email them an introduction and just say, hey, I know we've been on Instagram DMing back and forth or commenting. Uh, I thought I'd just reach out and more formally introduce myself. And then you make an introduction of who you are, who you work with, what kind of things your clients love about the work that you do, and, and just make it that. You're not pitching anything. You're not asking for anything. You're just giving them a little bit of background and sharing some connection points that you think that you have with them in those aesthetics and ideal clients and personalities. One of the things that I that I do and that has helped me a lot is just what you said, you know, just being genuine, you know, when I interact in social media and funny enough, let's say that, let's say that you are an event planner and I'm like constantly interacting with you. You post, I like, I comment. What has happened for me, this is very personal to Carolina Gussie Photography, is that other planners have seen me interact with other accounts. And then just by like them seeing me being genuine or whatever, they are the ones that ended up kind of like reaching out to me, be like, hey, I've seen you and I've, you know, you know, I've been following along. So if you do it right, you can actually, you know, kill two birds with one stone, what I'm saying here, because people will see you as a trustworthy person or like you're fun to be around. And as you mentioned, you know, people like your personality. So a win-win in my book. It is. And I think, you know, to your question that you asked just before this about how do you establish trust with it being a catch 22, you know, my, one of my favorite quotes is uh, from Ernest Hemingway. He's, he's easily my favorite author uh, for quotes, especially. And he says, the only way you know, if you can trust someone is to trust someone. Mm -hmm. And, and th that is a first step. And so what we can do to help make that easier is we can provide a small thing for you to be trustworthy on. And, and that, that's as simple as replying quickly to an email 
or being responsive to a DM. That's a, a fast way to mm. earn trust. We, we know through studies that with digital communication, trust is earned by sheer responsiveness. And, and the faster you respond, the more trust you have, the slower you respond, the less trust you have from the person you're communicating with. So that's one great way to establish trust. Another way is to show them in the sales process, or, or at least in the courting of a new referral partner, how it is that you interact and behave. And that could be done just simply through listening, asking questions, being deferential, uh, providing a, a, a very specific perspective or you know, genuine or thoughtful comment. Uh, all of those things are showcasing who you are, what you value, and how you carry on relationships. And, and a planner who's super in tune with the way that people feel in general, these planners are very good right. at that. They are going to pick up on that meta message, the message that's the bigger message that's being communicated, not the what you're saying, but the how you're saying it and, and, and the why you do what you do for your clients that comes through in your communication. I have another personal example to share with all of you is I, this year I'm going to be working with a planner for the first time ever. And she has actually referred me so far six weddings prior to a wedding that we recently did. We have never met. It was all based on like social interaction. And she saw my website, as you said, and she saw, you know, she's like, I, she saw her clients on my website. Right. And by seeing her clients, I'm not talking about like, I have worked with her people, but like she, so my style, and she was like, this is something that my clientele would appreciate. Uh, simple as that. Every single time that she asked me for, let's say, my certificate of insurance, right? Simple email. He's like, hey, Carolina, we need this for a venue. I, myself, because of my personality, I, I need to address emails within 24 hours. That's just me, type A personality. And her reply has always been like, thank you so much for doing this so fast. I don't have to chase you around to get things done. That's it. So simple. So as you mentioned, I have never met her before, but already she trusts me because she's like, she is doing like, I don't have to chase her around to get things accomplished. It's not a headache for me. It's not an extra work for me and my business. That's right. Because planners, their number one, most precious resource they have is time. And, and the thing they want to do less of more than anything else is email. So if you can save them time by not having to email you over and over again, asking for the information, then you will immediately move to the top of their favorite people in the world list. And, and that's something to keep in mind. Yes, you're, you're ultimately serving the client, the couple that's getting married, but you also have to make sure that you're servicing the person who referred you the business because that's a person who is interviewing you right now with mm -hmm. this current client for the next one that they could send your way. So you want to make sure that you do things like reduce the amount of communication uh, emails, especially that they have to do. Don't have them follow up with you like, hey, can I get this thing? Um, if they send you a timeline, look at the timeline as soon as they send it to you and actually let them know this looks great and, and, and tell them specifically why it's going to work for you or immediately respond with, hey, this looks really good. I did have a couple of questions or some suggestions that we might consider. Can we hop on a quick three minute call to go over something like that is, is going to show them that you're not just going to print up the timeline or look at it on your phone in the parking lot on the day of the wedding and go, okay, I'm here at 10 o'clock. What am I supposed to do now? So there are lots of things that you can do ahead of time for planners to recognize that you're paying attention. You're limiting the amount of risk that they have in working with you and you're showing them that you're somebody who can follow through on what it is that you say that you're going to do, not just with, with the client, but also with them. How do you feel about uh, 
planners that ask for a kickback commission. Is that something? You know, here, Tell me here's about my it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, here's my here's my general thing. You got to figure out what your own ethics are, and and that is something that has got to be first. Then mm. you've got to figure out. Okay, if 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 I'm all right with it, how do I want to handle the particular situation? And and I think that that's going to be different for every planner. Planners I know sometimes take your price and then mark it up to the client, um, which again it's up to you and it's up to the planner and the relationship you have. But you got to I think there you got to make sure that the client knows that the planner is getting some of it. Mm. I think that that that's important, like for any human being's ethics. Um, if the planner wants you to pay up front or pay later, uh, if it's a percentage or a certain dollar amount, you know, whatever it may be, I just follow the planner's lead on it. I don't think that it's at the end of the world. I think that people who are getting a commission uh, or asking for a referral fee are doing so on the premise that they have saved you marketing and sales expenses uh, that, that you would have to ensue on your own and, or incur on your own. And, and so that is worth something. And, and because of that, they're asking for some sort of compensation for the value that they've offered you. Uh, I, I don't think that there's anything immoral. I think that it just has to do with a person's own preferences and ethics. I do have a whole episode on this because, again, it's your business. You do whatever you want. But I do feel like uh, consent at all times is a necessity and that you need to feel good with whatever choice you make. It's not a 100%. right. And I think every business is going to be handled different. Uh, but what I have, want to say here is like, you don't need, as a photographer, if you don't feel okay with that, then then you don't need to work with that person and other people will come your way. It's also not the end of the world because I feel sometimes photographers feel obligated to do that. So it's like, oh, if I don't do it, I'm going to burn that bridge. You can walk away from a situation that you don't like without burning a bridge, just, you know, politely decline. And, you know, that's the end of it. Yeah, it, it is. And you'll you'll find your people, right, who share the same, you know, ethics is about values, ethos mm. is about what you believe in. I, I think it's something close to the Greek translation is your belief system. And so your your ethos, your ethics are about what you believe and what you value. And you will find people who have the same ethics ethos that you do based on the values that you share. And if you don't share the values, that's okay, because you probably don't share values in other key areas as well. And this is just a quick way to not get the relationship started rather than have it end on a sour note and and that's good for everybody involved good good awesome so we kind of like cover planners what about let's say that i get to a wedding and there is a planner that i have never you know met but now she's the planner for the wedding what would be the best way to create again and again you give us so many good tips but like follow up with like somebody that you just met that you did a wedding what would be the easiest way to like have a good connection with that person on the day of the wedding let's say Certainly introduce yourself mm -hmm. and, and stay out of the way, you know, just because <laughs> planners have way more things to do than sit there and listen to some lame ass sales pitch from a photographer on why they want referrals. Yeah, so, that's not so, the place to do it, friends. That is just not the place to do it. It is not. It is not at all. That That is not at all. So so what I what I recommend is introducing yourself, letting them know you're the photographer. You'd love to catch up at some point afterwards, but you want to stay focused on what the couple needs. If you have any immediate questions, you could ask that. If you want to confirm anything, you could you could do that. Uh, what I would say is a great way to make a first impression is, hey, I'm going to get all the amazing shots that the couple wants. Wanted to ask you real quick, is there anything you need? 
for your portfolio or for your marketing material that I could grab or my second photographer could grab while we're here. That right there, just even asking the question is going to get your foot in the door and make a mark and will give you an opportunity to follow up after the event is over. Hey, Jennifer, thanks so much for you know the great event. Everything went smoothly. Amazing. Can't wait to share some sneak peeks with you. Here you go. And I wanted to follow up on the request for some photos of you touching up the tabletop or standing next to the client or arranging a flower design at the altar. I've got 15 photos for you to take a look at. Let me know if you want any of them touched up. Happy to turn around within the next few days. Awesome. One thing that I also do when I get home and I know I'm exhausted, I'm tired, but uh, I have to download all my photos. I want to make sure that everything is safe and secure. So while that's happening, what I do is I send an email to all the vendors um, and then thank them for the wedding. Thank you. Working with you was fantastic, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like I schedule them so they go next day in the morning, not like at three o'clock in the morning. So I don't look, you know, crazy, but, you know, whatever you need to do. They could still be up, though, Carolina, (laughs) Correct. (laughs) especially especially planners. (laughs) But the, the replies that I get are so have been so great because the majority of people is like nobody has ever sent me an email thanking me. So those are little things that perhaps we're overlooking. Perhaps we think it's like, oh, whatever, I'll send her an email next week. Uh, but it's just kind of like the little details of people feeling appreciated, like right in the moment. That's right. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to feel heard. Everybody wants to be recognized. And the ways that you can do that are countless. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is just make it part of your workflow. And right after the wedding, what, we, what we're playing on, there's something called um, the um, peak end rule. So peak, like a peak experience, and mm-hmm. then also end as in the last experience. And people tend to remember two things in a relationship or in a set of activities or a program or a wedding. And that's going to be the peak experience and then the, the end experience. So if you can end on a high note, that's what they're going to take away more than anything else from the experience working with you. And so it's a great way for you at the end of the event, the next morning, to not just send a, a thank you note, which I think is great, and not just send over you know, some images, but make sure that you express appreciation and gratitude on very specific levels mm. and, and provide yourself an opportunity to follow up on those even later. There you go. Fantastic. So we cover planners. Let's move to the next one, venues, because I feel that's another one that people, oh, I want to work in this venue. I want to, you know, do weddings there. What would be the best way to, you know, uh, grow or, you know, at least, you know, start planting the seeds to hopefully in the future have a relationship with planner. I mean, venue coordinators. Uh, you know, and I love that you brought that up, Carolina, that idea of a seed, because anytime you're trying to get on a referral list or get recommendations from uh, a referral partner long term, it really is a long game. And you got to plant a seed, then you got to feed and water it and nurture it and grow it. It's not going to bear fruit. You don't you don't pick the fruit the day you plant the seed. That's not how it goes. And and so we want to make sure that we're one managing our own expectations that it is going to be a bit of a long game. Now, 
One of the things that's challenging about planners is that especially higher end planners tend to only do a handful of events a year. Could be six, could be eight, maybe 10, 12 if you're in the luxury market max. Now, they may have associates that, that are doing other events, but you're not really looking at more than you know 12 to 15, maybe 18 if there's a couple planners who are doing their own full service planning. And so that means you're going to get a limited number of referrals. But what we want to do is we want to look at where can we get other referrals and venues are a great place for that. I worked for a venue for eight years selling weddings. Katie, my wife and business partner, she sold for four seasons in Dallas for 14 years and at museums and, and other venue properties and catering companies for eight years before that. So we have three decades of, of experience providing referrals from this perspective. And I can tell you that venues do way more volume than planners ever mm. could. So Four Seasons, for instance, did 50 weddings a year, but the planners who planned events at Four Seasons did eight events a year. So you'd have to get seven planners to refer you business to equal one at the venue. This is why I always bring venues up, especially with photographers, because oftentimes when you're trying to level up from mid-market to premium or even premium into luxury, the venue is a great side door to get in with a planner because sometimes the venue is going to give a, a recommended list that has your name on it. You're going to get in at the same time or even before the planner. planner. And then you're going to end up working with the planner, not because the planner chose you, but because the planner has default using your services because the couple's already booked you or fallen in love with you. And so this is a great way to, to it's like a blind date. Like the couple set you, you and the planner up <laughs> and you have the venue to thank. So Getting on venue lists is, is really, really uh, good for, you know, high volume, also a great opportunity for you to meet with the, the planner. And, uh, you know, the, the, the venue doesn't care as much about who the couple picks. Mm -hmm. You know, they could have 15, 20 people on their preferred photographer list. And, and they would just give the list, email or handout to the couple. And they're like, here you go. And, and the couple starts calling around. And that's if you're a good salesperson, that means you have the opportunity to really hook the couple and, and, and showcase why you're a great fit. Whereas with a planner, the planner is hyper involved. They're making two, three, maybe four recommendations. They're doing a lot of the middle work between you and the couple. You may not even get a chance to talk with them. And so that makes it even more challenging to sell, even if you do get the referral. With venues, it's usually a direct contact with the couple. And that means, you know, may the best salesperson win. And if you're doing the things you should, that gives you an edge. And again, if you're listening to this, go back to episode 144. I'm going to link it here when we talk about how to close leads and overcome objections. So, but how do I get on a, because again, I feel sometimes when, because again, venues, you know, you can see they have more traffic. They're, they're easier to get on the, on the vendor list. But at the same time, they're picky sometimes. They're like, yeah, they yeah, I'll talk to you next year or, you know, whatever skills they give you. What would be the best approach to, you know, at least sweet, sweet, you know, sweet conversation here into you know, getting into that list? So, again, being a former venue manager, I can tell the one thing that venues oftentimes don't get or pay for or do or sometimes like with the case of Four Seasons, they have exclusivity contracts with uh, particular creative companies that are providing images, mm. images, images, images. As, as a venue, we don't care about the flowers. We don't care about the first look. I mean, go through your images as a photographer. Probably 80% of them are focused on people. 
10% are focused on details and the remaining 10% are focused on other things. And so as a venue, I could go through a 600 image gallery and maybe find two or three images that I would use to promote our own services. So there's two types of venues, venues that do on-premise catering, people who don't do catering and it, and it comes in from the outside. It, it, what I would recommend doing is when you are at an event, make sure that you come up with 25 to 50 photos that are going to highlight and showcase what the venue does, whether it's a beautiful setting indoors and out, or maybe you, if, you're, if you've got a drone, I know a lot of high-end photographers offer drone services, and that's an opportunity for you to get some big sweeping landscape shots. I think that you can go through and provide uh, images that have no people in them for just setup. You can also, if they're doing catering, really focus on the food, the beverage, the food setup, the bar setup, the staffing, all of the things that you want if you are a venue and a caterer. And then, and this is key, send them the images that pertain to them. Don't send them a link to an 800 image gallery. Mm. We venue managers do not want to, nor do they have the time to go through and pick out the images that they want. Make it easy, reduce the work that they have to do by just bundling up in a little folder and sending over to them the 18 images or the 36 images that are going to showcase their work the best. Good, good, good pointers, because I feel sometimes um, a lot of photographers just send actually the full gallery to all the like 800. Don't images. do that. It's it's overwhelming. You don't you don't want to go through and look at those, especially if you're like, hey, I did six events at your venue last year. Here are all the galleries mm -hmm. and there's 5000 photos to go through. Nobody's going to go through all of those. I, things. I also feel that it's not right for the couple because I feel there is there is images in there that and I'm not talking about privacy, totally like like nudity or anything like that. But there's images that are like private to the couple. Like the totally caterer agree. doesn't need to have like the pictures of like the couple hugging grandma and crying and things like that. They don't need that. Most venue managers are not like most photographers. They don't care as much about the touchy feely moments. Mm. They're like, great contract to deposit, moving on. Exactly. And, the, and which the... which photo is gonna help me sell this? Dark ballroom that is going to look amazing on your wedding day. That's what I want. A transformation That's exactly right. image. <laughs> that is exactly right. That's what they care about. They have they have their director of marketing breathing down their neck, trying to figure out how they're going to meet their Q1, Q2, Q5, what, Q4, whatever sales goals. And so all they're looking for is because they they probably don't have a lot of connection with the social media. They probably have no control over the website. There's no money in the budget to hire a photo shoot to come in and do the work for them. So they're at the mercy of the photographer and the videographer to provide photo and video for marketing material and sales collateral. And if you can be the person that provides that, that's a great way in. Another good way in is if you haven't even yet photographed at that particular event, is just let them know, hey, I've been getting some inquiries from couples that are either getting married or interested in getting married at your venue. I would love to come over and take a look at what you've got going on. I haven't been there yet, but I want to make sure that I know and am familiar with your space when somebody does inquire, I don't need you to walk around with me. If you do, that's great. But I'd love to take my camera and I'd love to capture some of what it is that I see and make sure that I'm 100% ready to go when somebody does inquire. Now, they're going to say yes. Most, most of the time, they're going to say yes. And then they're also going to say, oh, that's great. We, we definitely want to walk around with you. I'd love to get to know you and your business and blah, 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 right? Like they're not going to just have you walking around unattended. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get in. That gives you the chance to form a connection. Now, 
afterwards, you're going to take those images and you're going to create a blog post, not just about that one venue, but you're going to put it in with a bunch of venues that, you know, venues I'm loving for 2022 and 2023 couples. And you're going to create a blog post that is going to show up in your SEO, your search results for that particular venue when people are now searching for it, which is great because you're priming them mm -hmm. to know your brand and know your name and love your images before they even book the venue. And it's working for all six, eight, 10 venues that you feature on that. Here are the venues I'm loving. Love that. By the way, I have one blog post about like the most interesting venues in Miami is one of obviously the blog post that does the best on my website. And one thing that I actually did, uh, because it was actually, I wrote this during the pandemic and I wasn't going out to meet anybody. There's a couple of venues in that list that I have actually never seen or work at. Like I've seen on social media and I'm like, oh, this looks really, really great. So what I did is like, obviously I list them on, you know, my blog post. Uh, I talk about why I like the venue or what I think is going to be really, really great. And then when the blog post was ready, what I did is I emailed all of the ven venues, right? And I'm like, hey, I just wrote this and I, you know, give you a little, you know, paragraph. Hopefully this is going to help you get new clients. Oh my God. Again, the reply that people were like, how come we have never met? Thank you so much for doing this. It's like the simplest things that you can do that we overlook. And we always think that it has to be like this grand thing that you have to plan this like super elaborated style shoot or that you have to do all, you know, like wait for a wedding to happen there where you can actually plant seeds. It costs you absolutely nothing to write something nice about the venue, put it on your blog post, and then, you know, play with SEO. So simple. It is. It is simple. And it just takes a little bit more work. I think that one of the things that photographers oftentimes forget about is that just because you get your wheels off the ground doesn't mean you're where you want to be at cruising altitude. And so we, we're just getting our wheels off the ground when we actually take the photos at the wedding. Everything that comes after that post-production, whether it's with the images or the things that we're talking about, that's part of your workflow. That's not extra. That's not stuff that is unimportant. Those are actually the really important things. They have the impact on future business and 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 the client satisfaction for that particular event. Again, the peak end rule, how you finish is super important. If you are late or if you are not responsive after the wedding is over with your clients, especially it's going to be a really sad situation when the last thing that they have in their memory is that you are not as communicative now that the event was over. Absolutely. Well, just to wrap it up, because you have given us so many great pointers and amazing information. You mentioned about current and past clients. How could we make our current and past clients help us grow our referral network? There are so many things we could fill an entire another hour of conversation. And you know, it's hard to get me to stop talking. So I'm going to limit myself to one solid idea that I, that I think that people can, can take, especially this is specifically for photographers. Now, a little bit of background, your past and current clients are people who love you the most. And they're the people who have had the most incredible experience with you. And they're the people who are going to receive your final product, which is ultimately what you're giving them, the photographs. Now, what you need to do is you need to make it easy for them to share it with the other people who were at the event, because that is their peak experience, right? Yeah. If you go through and you think about the best experiences that you've had, especially with your friends and family, they're almost always at some sort of big gathering. 
And so when we go through and think about what are weddings to people who attend them, it could be, you know, you attend two, three, five weddings a year or whatever, but you could probably go back and talk with your sweetie or other family members. And a lot of the memories for that year when doing kind of a mental recap are going to be, oh yeah, remember at the wedding, how much fun it was? Or remember when we went, we flew into Miami and it was incredible and we went on the beach and then we had this great party and we danced our faces off all night. Like that's what people are going to remember. And so if you can give them as a photographer images to, re to go back on, they will remember that event for years later because they see it come up. Now, we have these really great things in like iPhones where it's like on this date a year ago, this is what yeah. you were doing. Or here's a memory on Facebook or whatever it may be. Those things pop up all the time. And they're little reminders that the algorithm is already doing the work for you. So giving giving the couple images and encouraging them to share the images in two areas one social media and that's really simple just go through and make sure that you prepare a bunch of stuff hey i gave you the 25 photos and here are even little descriptions about what i love about them if you want to use them amazing and then you just here's my my handle to tag me in um, you can also post and tag them and they can then reshare it on their mm -hmm. stories which is the easiest way for people to share. And you, you can do this not just right after the wedding, but you can do it on a three month, a six month, a 12 month anniversary. Or you can do it when, hey, I just got back scouting a trip at this great venue reminded me of way back when, when Jack and Jill got married. If you all want to know more about what this venue looks like before, here are five photos. After, here are photos with Jack and Jill in them and you tag them and then they share it. There's lots of ways that you can do this on social media. The second area that you can do this is you can do that with a real wedding blog. Now, I know, again, you get the wheels up and you don't want to put any more fuel into that engine to get it even higher. You think, I'm off the ground, I'm done with what I need to do, but you're not. The real wedding blog is super important, not just for SEO purposes, but because you want the people who attended the wedding of the couple that you're sharing to give to their family and friends and say, hey, look at this really amazing write-up that my photographer did about our event. They captured it beautifully. Here's a, you know, a beginning, a middle, and an end. We'd love for you guys to take a look at this and share it with anybody else who was there that might not have gotten a link. Now, that's how you're getting your name and your photos and your storytelling ability in front of 50, 100, 200, 300 people, however many people were at the wedding plus, all of the people that they may forward it on to. Now, all you need is for one person in that group to see what you've done and go, wow, this is great. I remember how amazing the event was, but these photos make it look better. I've got an event coming up or my friend does or my kid does, or maybe you do corporate or portrait work and you know they go to your site and they're like, wow, they could do my holiday party or my maternity shoot. This is how you get your foot in the door with other people who already know how great your work is. So pretty much don't sit on those images. You have to show them all the time. Don't think that because you just showcase a wedding once that that's the end of that wedding. You can reuse, repurpose, you know, that content for so many other things. Yeah, you know, when people are looking at fresh content, you know, you can take one image of a roomscape and you could probably cut it up into eight different photos, mm. flowers, tablescape, uh, linens, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you always have content to share. Now, most couples are not looking at your photos for inspiration of what it is that they want and, you know, for their wedding. They're going to go to a blog for like a real, mm -hmm. like a, a green wedding shoes or, 
you know, June bug weddings or style me pretty or whatever it is that your clients are going to that like you don't even worry about competing with them. That's not what you're doing. What you're trying to showcase is how you tell stories that your couples find important. That's what you're selling. And so you need to showcase less of, of like decor and design inspo. That's not why they're going to you as a photographer. What they're going to you as a photographer is how can you be a storyteller for their wedding day with the images? And so putting more time and energy into the storytelling port portion of it rather than just here's a bunch of images that mean nothing like Jack and Jill get married and here's their 50 photos. That means squadoodle to somebody who mm -hmm. doesn't know Jack and Jill. You've got to introduce Jack and Jill. You've got to hear our Jack and Jill. They, they did, they got engaged the day after the pandemic started. And then, and it's like, Ooh, conflict drama. What happened? You know, and then you go through and you're like, they reached out and they weren't sure on how to move forward, but they decided they were going to do it and they were going to roll with it. And that was just the beginning of how they approach their wedding planning. And then you show some beautiful photos and then it goes down and you start telling the story more. So rabbit hole that happens. After that's that. right. That's right. They, you, you hook them. You, you have to hook them. It's like everybody's seen Star Wars, you know, in Star Wars, it has the like, you know, the, the thing that starts, it's like in a galaxy, you know, in a galaxy far, far away, a long time ago, right? Or whatever the opening line is long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And it's like, and it sets the scene. And then it's like dot, dot, dot. And then you see this like super cool action experience in space occur. And you're hooked. You never, you never leave the edge of your seat. That's what you want your blog post to be like. And that's what you want to do when somebody shares, they're going to get hooked by how it is that you share that information by creating some sort of potential conflict or talking about the priorities and, and, and maybe even some of the struggles that the couple ran into and how they overcame them or, or, or how they, they, they created that, that desirable experiences for themselves and their, and their guests. Absolutely. As you mentioned, this could be a whole entire episode. So maybe this is a promise to our listeners that that will happen in the future. But Sam, thank you so much for sharing so much information. I feel like this episode was definitely packed with not only knowledge, but like actionable steps. So always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. And I, again, this is it. It's a promise for a four episode. We have to do this. Sounds good, Carolina. Thanks for having me on. You are a great podcast host. I love collaborating on the ideas in real time with you. And, and as always, uh, a compliment to you. You're doing what so many people aren't. And that's one of the reasons why you're so successful. Somebody like me who is an expert in all of these areas, there's only so much that I can do. I can share the information and I can give you practical takeaways. But you and anybody else who wants to get better at their business you've got to make sure that you do something with them. And that's why I love what it is that you end up doing with this information. I know because you email me afterwards, you're like, hey, I tried this and it worked. Or I tried this and it didn't. How can I tweak it? So, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, take a page out of what Carolina has done for her success, which is to actually put into action the ideas that she hears, not just from me, but from other people. That's it's way more powerful to put one idea into action than it is to get 10 great ideas and do nothing with them. Nothing will happen. Well, Sam, thank you so much. Again, I'm going to link to your, you know, your website, your podcast and all that, because again, you have so much information. People need to go and listen to your episodes. And once again, thank you for being here and I'll catch you next week with another amazing guest. Until then, ciao. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes, 
please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? Join our marketing community group. Just search for The Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week.